morning church it's great to be back great to be here together on Sunday you know we're not gathered together physically but we're gathered together emotionally and spiritually great to be together worshiping God today and I really pray that as we begin to sing these songs that we're prepared today as we begin to lift up the name of Jesus that we really experience his presence in this place today that you experience God's presence in your living room that he would come and that he would descend and that he would meet with us today you know we're, we're, we're called to gather together to worship and that's what we're doing today we're gathering together not physically but in spirit we're gathering together and we want to worship him today you know we've been praying for a number of weeks if not months now that we experience God's presence when we gather and my prayer today is that we just rest in his presence that we as musicians today rest in his presence and that father you would come and that you would meet with us father that you would move upon us that you would just pour out your spirit father even into our living rooms right now that you would come that you would descend that you would pour out your spirit father that you would come and that you'd presence yourself where we are where we're gathered today maybe as families uh, father maybe even on our own we've come but we've come to worship you and we've come to experience your presence today and so father we just ask that you would descend that you'd come and that we would experience all that you have for us today father as we look to your word in just a little while father we pray that you would open it up to us father that you would speak to us through it because father we want to hear your words for our heart today father we want to hear your words for our soul today and lord we just pray that you would move amongst us today as we worship as we gather and so father we just pray move amongst us and may you receive all the glory that is due your name today we ask these things in jesus precious name and all god's people said amen let's praise him this morning let's give him the praise that's due his name in jesus name
that we're singing are true. Father, through everything that we have experienced, everything that we've been through, you have been there with us. Father, your word says that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. And Father, we thank you that through thick and thin, through the dark times, through everything, Father, that you are with us. And Father, we just pray that as this service continues, that we would know that you're with us. Father, that we would experience your presence. Lord, that we would experience just the joy of the Lord. Father, we just, we, we sang that uh, very thing in that song, Father, joy in the heaviness. Father, we pray that you'd lift off heaviness from us today. And Father, that you'd allow that joy to bubble up from deep within our hearts. Father, we know that happiness depends on happenings. But Father, that joy which you place in us comes from deep within, it comes from a deep place. And Father, we just pray that that joy would overflow in our lives today. And Father, may it be for your glory. Father, we just pray for our families today. Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon them. We pray that you bless them. Father, that you would just open up the things which you have for them. Father, open up the secrets. Father, things which they have just desired to look into. Father, we pray that you'd open up those secrets for them. Father, maybe even today that you would speak. Father, may our ears be open to hear what you say in your word. Father, may our spiritual eyes be open to see what you want to reveal to us today. And Father, we just pray that you would be glorified in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' name and for your glory we ask. Amen. 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 We're just going to uh, just break for a second and then we're going to have some announcements uh, just about things that we've been doing um, and then we'll be open up God's word. And so I want you to open up your Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read verses from verse 1 and just read some verses in that. Um, but just make yourself comfortable. Um, if you've got your cup of tea handy, maybe now's the time to take a wee sip of that tea and just to relax and just be ready for God's word. Amen. Do you know, I find the word so true in the songs that we've been singing this morning. Um, there's nothing that our God can't do. He is above everything, above every problem, above every fear that we have. And we need to just keep coming back to him, especially in these days. They're difficult days, they're challenging days for us all. And we need to keep coming back to him in these days. Uh, I just wanted to uh, consider uh, something that today, going back into the scriptures, I think I said at the start, uh, looking at Isaiah chapter 43, I asked you to look up your Bible and get ready for that. We're going to read from that in just a second. And really the title of what I want to say today is, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. And this is the Lord that's saying this to us. He's saying that to you. He's saying that to me. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. But before we get into this, I just wanted to say uh, some thanks um, because lots of people have been uh, encouraging us, Mary and I, as we've been trying to keep church going, trying to keep church online, trying to make sure people are connected, trying to pastor people. And so we've been trying to do all these things. And it's been really encouraging for those uh, little messages, those little emails, texts, uh, those phone calls just to say you know thanks for what you're doing it's, it's it really makes a big difference um it makes a big difference for me to get feedback even on the messages that are shared on a sunday and um, it's been really encouraging for me to get emails and texts uh, and even phone calls just saying you know how encouraging that was for people so it's good for me to get that feedback uh, so please uh, feel free to get in touch and uh, just drop me uh, a message but also if there are things that you're struggling with please feel free to uh, get in touch and to let me know, let us know. Um, we just want to be able to help you uh, through this difficult time and we need to help each other through this difficult time. Our priorities really have been to, to keep church going, uh, to keep church online. 
and to keep people connected to make sure that people are cared for and, uh, and, and people are okay and safe. Uh, also to look after our missionaries uh, and you know to make sure that they're still supported, to make sure that things are okay with them. We've been sending out little bits of prayer information to pray for our missionaries as well. And we've heard from them all and everybody's doing okay. It's challenging for them as well um, because we're in the, the midst of something that's global. Uh, so, but let's keep praying for our missionaries. And as we go forward, really our priorities going forward from this point in time really have to be, well, the fact that we're, we're in lockdown, that's continued for another three weeks. And even when we get to the end of that, we're not sure what's going to happen next. So the reality is that we're in this for uh, quite a, a considerable time uh, still to come. And so the priorities need to maybe change slightly to say, well, how can we keep doing what we're doing as church because the method might have changed but the mission is still the same and we need to we need to get on with the mission of doing church as well and so we need to look at the priorities going forward and because they're going to be slightly different uh, from what they are just now we're past kind of like that immediate uh, crisis stage and I, I know that there's a lot of things still happening around us um but we've kind of settled into this is our, our new normal lots of things that are good about it lots of things that are challenging about it but we want to really um, we want to really see, well, how do we fulfill the mission of the church going forward? What does that look like in lockdown and beyond? And even when we come back as church after lockdown, at this point in time, we're just not sure what that's going to look like um, because we're not sure if there'll still be social distancing measures even after lockdown's finished. Um, and so there's, there are things that we're just need to be aware of and are working through. We need to pray through and just know what God is saying. Uh, uh, to us uh, as we lead the church but also knowing how to do things wisely so that we're not putting people at risk unnecessarily. Um, the other thing that I was thinking of is I want to do a separate message. Um, I was thinking how I could do this. Um, we met for prayer midweek and that was great and as I'd been preparing for prayer I was just reflecting on all the things which I feel God has been saying to us in the church over the last while and it just was too much to share um, at that time. It's too much to share uh, today uh, in this service. But I want to really put something up that is a reflection on the things that God has been saying. And a, just a reflection back on the fact that we still have a mission and we need to fulfil that mission. The method might change, but the mission stays the same. Our mission is to reach, to win, to grow and to serve. And so we want to really do that with all of our heart. Um, you know, there's, there's no doubt about the fact that at the moment we're in a, an unprecedented time, certainly in our lifetime, um, and it's challenging. And I really do feel that um, somebody shared that a word uh, with me way, way, way early on in all of this um, about just there being kind of like dark clouds over us. Um, and we need to really press in in prayer, uh, press in in prayer about the situation that we face. And there are two verses which I think are really significant in this. The first one is in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. And it's, it's where uh, Jeremiah is saying, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I think God is calling the church to seek him in these uh, times that we live in. I think God is doing something in the church. And I think God is causing something to wake up in the church about our responsibility to pray, to love and worship him, but also to reach out uh, to others the other verse was in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, when it says, If my people, if my people, God is speaking to his people, 
at this time when it was written, it was the Jews, but it's, it's us now as well, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will turn, uh, sorry, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. What a powerful verse that really speaks into uh, to the times in which we're living. And really what we need to do is press into God and the things which he has for us. And I'm going to just share, if you open up your Bibles to Isaiah 43, I want to just walk through this passage initially before we share some thoughts on it. And uh, this, is what the, this is what it says. Kind of, it'll be up on the screen here as well for those who don't have a Bible handy. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. Now, Jacob and Israel are the same person. Jacob was renamed Israel um, before they went down into Egypt and before all the things about Joseph and slavery, the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. But this is what the Lord says. The Lord who created Jacob, the Lord who called Jacob. He said, fear not. For I have redeemed you. And this is such an important thought. What does it mean to be redeemed? It means that we are bought back. Um, we, we have been slaves to, to sin, as it were. We've been slaves to the world system. But Jesus has come and has bought us back. That's what it means for us today. You know, I'm reminded of the story. I heard my dad tell this story years and years ago about a wee boy who was sailing his boat um, at the beach and it, his boat got caught in a tide and just disappeared off and he lost his boat. Um, and one day he was walking down a street and he looked in a shop window, like a charity shop or a pawn shop or something like that. He looked in a shop window and he saw his own boat in the window. And he went in and asked the man for his boat back. He says, this is my boat. I lost it uh, a few weeks ago. It was out at sea and it just disappeared. And the man said, well, it's not your boat now. <laughs> it's my boat. <laughs> And if you want it, you've got to buy it back. And so the wee boy had to cough up the money to get his boat back. And I think it's it's like that when we're talking about a relationship with God. You know, uh, uh, um, if you heard the Treasure Kids talk, you know, go and listen to that one, the one with the Rubik's Cube. Um, it's on our Treasure Kids Facebook page. But God created a perfect world and we messed it up and we introduced sin into the world. Um, and so we, we are struggling with the effects of sin. Our society struggles with that. And all we need to do is switch on our TVs at any time of the year. And we'll see that our society struggles with these things. And what Jesus is saying is, fear not, for I have bought you back. I've bought you back out of the world system. I've bought you back out of sin. And I have made you mine. This is what he says. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I've summoned you by name. So, for some of the people watching this today, Chuck Collins, he summoned you by name. Celia, he summoned you by name. All of the folks in the church who are committed to Jesus can know for sure that he has called us by name. We are his, we're his possession, we're his people. And then it goes on to say that when you pass through the wars, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flames will not set you ablaze. And we'll think about these verses in just a little minute or two. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. What an incredible passage of scripture. 
to know that not only did this apply to the people whom it was written for, the Jewish people at the time and their situation, but it applies to us as well. Isaiah chapter 40 through to the end of the chapter is described as being a messianic poem, a poem about the Messiah, a poem about the coming Christ. And it's really interesting when we think about Isaiah that he prophesies and speaks really, really accurately about Jesus who would come. But one of the things that's interesting about Isaiah is that in his writing, it's hard to delineate between uh, the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I, I talked about a while back in the church was this whole thing about the mountain peaks of prophecy. The, the term for it is prophetic foreshortening, okay? I talk about the mountain peaks of prophecy. So this is, this is Isaiah. He's looking forward. God's given him vision about what's going to be... Sorry, about what's going to be happening. Dropping my notes here. God's given him vision about what's going to be happening. But what Isaiah sees is the coming of Christ. He sees the first coming of Jesus. He sees the crucifixion. We read about that, particularly the suffering Messiah in Isaiah 53. But he also sees the return of the Messiah to be king over the whole world and to rule in the world. And these things are opened up for us as we read Isaiah. But we need to recognise that actually we live in this period here. The church lives in this period here between the first coming, the death and resurrection of Jesus and Jesus' second coming. And if you're watching this today and you're not part of church and you've never really thought about these issues, let me just be clear that there is a day where Jesus is going to come back again. He's going to come back to this earth and he's going to rule on the earth. And it will be interesting to see what Jesus looks like when he comes back the second time. You know, Isaiah is one of these people who's quoted throughout the New Testament. He's quoted by name. He's, his writings are quoted around 65 times and he's mentioned by name over 20 times. Isaiah is just such a prolific writer. He's articulate. He is uh, very well educated. He's a man who's listening to God and is writing down what God is showing him. And so here we are, 2,700 years on or so, still reading the words of Isaiah and they're still applicable for us today. And he says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Fear not, don't be afraid, because I have bought you back. And I really feel it's so important that we talk about fear because we live in a world that's filled with fear at the moment. And fear is a weapon of the enemy. It's a weapon to drag us down. It's a weapon to take our focus off of God. It's a weapon to discourage people. It's a weapon to bring destruction into people's very, very uh, hearts and spirits. And so we need to think about this. We need to pray through this. We need to pray against the fear that God... Uh, that, that that is, that is in people's hearts. God is calling us to pray into that and to really seek his face in this. Why? Because he says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I came across something a while back that says this expression about not being afraid occurs 365 times in the Bible. And so we could read of an occasion, one for each day of the year, where it says, don't be afraid. I get how challenging that is. I understand how challenging that is because I've been in fearful situations. 
some really fearful situations. But God is saying, don't be afraid. And I want to just think for uh, a few moments briefly about fear's effect on the soul. You know, Chuck said something uh, during the week. He texted me something and he says, courage is not being fearless, but moving on in spite of fear. Fear affects our very soul. It affects our inward person. It affects our inward makeup. And when we get affected by something on the inside, it starts to show on the outside as well. And I want to think about one man in the Bible. His name is Saul. And there are three occasions where we see that fear grips Saul. The first one is when he's gone up to battle against the Philistines. And it says that he's facing 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers and troops that outnumber the very sand on the seashore. And it says here in 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 7 that Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops with him were quaking, quaking with fear. Fear when it gets a hold of us will affect our whole physiology. It affects our body because it's something that happens in our minds. Our mind produces chemicals. Our brain sort of produces chemicals that have an effect on our body. And if we don't keep that in check, that can have such a negative impact on our body that we need to take drastic measures to really sort that out. But here they are, they're faced with a fearful situation. Before they go out to battle, their tradition was that they would make a sacrifice. That would be the job of the priest. And in this case, it was the uh, Samuel who was the priest. And they were waiting on Samuel to come. And Samuel didn't appear. And they'd waited for seven days. And so Saul took things into his own hands. And he made the sacrifice himself. And what he did was disobey God in the process. Because he took on a role that wasn't given to him. He was the king but Samuel was the priest. Only the priest could make the sacrifice. And so he took things into his own hands. And waiting for Saul, waiting led to worrying. And I'm sure you can grasp what I'm saying, that when we're waiting on something to happen, we can begin to worry. It's like that moment where we're uh, uh, waiting on the exam to start, or we're waiting on some sort of test results. We can allow worry to really creep into our thinking. And, and, and it can get a hold of us. And in Saul's case, waiting led to worrying. I can understand because he's waiting on Samuel appearing and he didn't come. The second occasion is where they're going out to battle again. Kings in these days, they did battle. There just seemed to be endless battles in these days. But in 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 24, it says, Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, I have violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. Saul fueled his fear rather than his faith. An occasion where the pressure's on to act, the pressure's on to do something, and when he didn't, the troops began to get upset and Rather than trusting God, Saul gave in to fear. The third occasion is when he's going out against the Philistines again. We read about this in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Verse 5 it says, When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid and terror filled his heart. 
He was afraid and terror filled his heart. And the, the word that's used here, the Hebrew word, uh, has uh, in with it this connotation of actually shaking with fear, to shudder with fear. That's what I was talking about earlier when, when, we get, when something gets a hold of us and it begins to affect us physically. And this is where he was. But what did he do in this situation? And, and this is really, it's really quite grievous when you think about what he did. At this point in time, Samuel was already dead. So he couldn't go to Samuel. Where was he going to go for advice? He should have turned to the Lord. But what he did instead was he went and he consulted a medium. Something that was outlawed in their culture because God had specifically said, don't consult a medium, don't consult a spiritist, somebody who's into finding out about the future. But this is what Saul did. And he, he actually tricked this medium into calling uh, Samuel back from the dead. And really, he really messed things up. But, you know, I look at this passage and it makes me think about maybe some of the things that are going on in our culture today. People who are fearful and people who are worried and people who want to know what's going to happen in the future. And consulting the the horoscopes or the mediums or the stars or all these things, rather than turning to God, who's the one who says and can say to every single person on the planet if they accept him as Lord and Saviour, fear not, don't be afraid because I have redeemed you, I have bought you back. Saul messed up. These are only three occasions where he gave in to fear. The Bible is full of stories where people gave in to fear. And we can do that as well. We can give in to fear rather than trusting in Jesus, who's the one who said, I am the same yesterday, today and forever as we thought about last week. God holds the future in his hands. And I've said a few times recently that the future, the future has always been uncertain. It's just that we've taken so much for granted. The future's always been uncertain. It's only when we get knocked out of our routine, when we get knocked out of what is familiar, when things are taken away from us, we go, whoa, what's happening? But actually, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us know what the future holds. None of us. Therefore, we need to put our trust in God who holds the future. God exists outside of time. He's already in the future and he is there to catch us when things happen to us. You know, one of the things that it said in that passage in Isaiah 43 was that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass, it's not if you pass through the waters, it's when you pass through the waters. And Isaiah was writing about what would happen to his own people, the Jews, and it would be fulfilled um, a number of hundreds of years later when they would be carried off into captivity, when they would go through some stuff in life and they, they just thought, what is happening here? Very real stuff. I, I, I kind of talked about that in a previous message. And what has been said here is that when you pass through the waters, what it's, what it's implying here is that when you're passing through dirty water, in other words, when you're going through some stuff of life that stinks, there are things that we go through in life that stink and what God is saying is that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And that's one thing we can know for sure, is that no matter what we're experiencing today, no matter what's going on inside our souls today, God is right there with you. He's there in 
the midst of everything that stinks, he's there with you. God is there and he's whispering into your ear, fear not for I have redeemed you. You are mine. So no matter what is happening, he's with you. It goes on to say, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You know, this, this picture here, I actually took this off of the computer. It's actually a satellite image of where the river Spey uh, flows out into the, the, the sea. And I remember standing at this point on one occasion, standing out here, right next to this river. And I don't know if you've, you've ever been next to the Spey, but where it goes out into the sea, it was absolutely rocketing out into the sea. And there's a, a little boy who was standing right to the edge, and in my opinion, he was too close to the edge, and he was picking up stones and throwing them into the river. And the reality is, had he fallen into that river, he would have been swept out to sea in seconds. And I'm fearful, I'm watching what's happening here, and thinking if, if something happens here, there's nothing, nothing I can do to save this wee boy. If he disappears out to sea, there's nothing I can do to save him. For one, I couldn't swim at the time. I had never learned to swim at that point. But even if I could have, I would never have been able to rescue him because the river would have swept him away. And what God says to us today is that when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. I wonder if Isaiah, as he wrote these things, was thinking back to the time where the the Hebrew people coming out of Egypt. Remember, we talked about that when we did communion. We talked about Passover and its significance for the Jewish people coming out of slavery in Egypt and how they had to pass through the Red Sea. They had to pass through the waters. And then under that was under Moses, under Joshua's command, they had to cross the Jordan River to go to the other side, passing through the waters and not being overcome by the rivers. And I think God says the same thing to us today, is that you won't be swept away. You'll not be overcome. Even if life stinks, I'm right there with you. I'm there beside you. And then it goes on to talk about when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. I've been sitting out next to uh, the fire in my chimney uh, as often as I can these days. Um, just, just to be out. Uh, and just to kind of be somewhere different and just to sit and chat and enjoy being there. And so this is a picture uh, of the, the wood burning and the, the chimney. And, 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 and what God is saying to us today, that when we walk through the fire, I, uh, sorry, you will not be burned. You know, it makes me think about what God is saying to his people here. And what sometimes I think he's saying to us when God brings us alive in our spirits, no matter what happens in life, I'm going to be there beside you. And when you pass through the fires, you'll not be burned. And it, it makes me think about uh, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, the th three Hebrew youths uh, who get renamed in Babylon. We're not going to use their Babylonian names. I prefer to use their original names these days. How they were commanded to bow down to an idol, bow down to a foreign uh, deity, a foreign king, and worship the idol, worship the king, and they refused to do that. And what happened was that they were threatened with being thrown into a furnace. But they said, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to you or to anybody else or to your idol, no matter what happens. And the result is that they're thrown into the furnace. This happened hundreds of years 
after Isaiah had penned these words. And I wonder if Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah thought back because they would have studied the prophets, they would have studied scripture. I wonder if this verse came back to their mind when they were in the furnace, when they were in the fire, when they were in the trials and in the testing place. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Listen, folks, the reality is that for each of us, we will have to go through times which will test us, times which will try us, times which will uh, just, they'll, they'll feel like they're destroying us. But what God is saying is that we will not be burned. Listen to the story about the three Hebrew youths, because when they looked in to the furnace, the people who had thrown them in, were, it was so hot that even the three people, who, the, the people who'd thrown them in, uh, were overcome and, and died by the heat. And when they looked into that furnace, they saw not three people, but four people walking around in the furnace. And it says that when they came out of the furnace, not only were they not burned, the flames didn't set them ablaze. Not only were they weren't were they not burned, but they didn't even smell a smoke. The downside of sitting out of that chimney is that I come in at night smelling like a kipper. A stinky smoke. And I, that's the one side of, that I don't like. But it says about these guys that they didn't even smell of smoke. Why? Because the Lord was in the situation with them. The Lord rescued them. The Lord delivered them. Now there are some mysteries that surround this. There are people in our world today who are suffering as a result of being a Christian. And sometimes things happen to them that we would never, ever wish on our enemies, if I'm being totally honest. Why doesn't God always deliver? These are vexing, difficult questions. But one thing that we know is that we need fear not because he has redeemed us. In the midst of the fire, in the midst of the river, in the midst of the water, God continues to say to us, he continues, if we're listening to what he's saying, he whispers into her ear, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have bought you back. I have sent my own son to pay the price to buy you back. Incredible, incredible words. Lastly, let's think just very, very briefly about fear's effect on our sphere. Our sphere of influence, the people that surround us in our family. When we get upset, then it affects those who are closest around us. Let me use a, a really stupid example. You know that phrase, you know, oh, he got up on the wrong side of bed this morning. I don't know about you, there are times when I get up and I've got out the wrong side of bed. You know, maybe, you're, well, I'll, I'll not go into that, but, you know, there are times where we, where we just, we wake up and we're out of sorts right from the get-go and everybody knows about it from breakfast all the way through and sometimes it's not until we go to our bed at night and we reset that actually we go that was a rubbish day yesterday what was that all about but the problem is that in the rubbish day the day when we've got up out of bed on the wrong side it affects everybody who's round about us round about us you'll know this in your families to be true you know when somebody in your family is kind of a bit aggravated a bit upset and let me say the potential for that is far greater these days when we're all locked in and, you know, living under each other's feet. You know, these things can happen, but we need to not allow these things to affect our sphere of influence in a negative way. We need to pray and ask God to help us. 
I'm talking about all sorts of things that can affect us fear. But fear, if you think about it today, fear is probably the one thing that's more contagious than this uh, COVID-19 virus that's going around. In an instant, everybody is affected by fear. We turn on the TV, we see some of the horrendous things that are happening, and everybody in an instant is affected by the same thing. And it's happening right across the world. And, you know, I get that there's good reason to be afraid. You know, I, I was sitting watching the news during the week and up came this little video about people who uh, had been serving in the NHS and had died in the field of duty serving other people. And I sat and I watched this and I had tears rolling down my face as I thought about the people who put themselves in harm's way for other people, people like you and I. And so we need to keep praying for these folks. So I can understand why people are fearful. I can understand why things get inside of us, get on top of us, and why all these things can get a hold of us. So I'm, I'm, I'm understanding, I get it, I understand. But our sphere of influence gets affected by what we like. You know, that can be a positive thing as well. You know, if, if, you know, if we were gathered as church and there's two gentlemen in particular that when they come into the church and you hear the raucous laughter, you know exactly who's in the building and it affects other people because we start smiling as well. You're like, all right, they're in. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> it has a positive effect as well. You know, I, I had this really weird experience uh, fairly recently. I was in uh, one of the, the more kind of popular supermarkets, uh, which shall not go named, and I'm walking down between the, the end of the aisles and the checkouts, and I'm walking down, and I looked up and I saw somebody that I recognised, and it brought back a memory, and I started smiling. I smiled at this uh, girl in the checkout desk. She smiled back, but the problem was that for some reason I couldn't stop smiling, and I'm walking down between the, the end of the checkouts and the... Uh, so the, the end of the aisles and the checkouts with this big grin on my face trying to stop smiling and people are looking at me like I'm really weird they're like what's this guy all about just big daft grin in his face but it, it just kind of highlights that when who we are and what we're like affects other people it affects the people in our sphere of influence and so what we allow to get inside us and work in us will affect others as well. So we're not only taking responsibility for ourselves, we're taking responsibility for those who are round about us by allowing ourselves to feed our faith and starve our fear, by not giving in to fear, by saying the words of Isaiah, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have bought you back, I've bought you back with a price. And do you know, it's the one thing that makes me really hopeful as a Christian, is that Jesus has brought me back. No matter what happens to me, to us in this life, he has brought us back. We're his. He's called us by name. And we have an eternal hope, an eternal future, regardless of what happens in this life. We have an eternal destiny. And I, I just think that's incredible good news for every single person on the planet. You know, today... Maybe you're a Christian and maybe you've just been allowing things to get into your life, uh, things that have been creeping into your thinking and have been starting to kind of drag you down inside. I just encourage you today to talk to God about uh, these things. You know, it, the, the Bible talks about praying continually. 
It talks about coming with prayers and requests, prayers and petitions. And I, I think prayer is an everyday conversation with God. Our petitions are those times where we come together and we get down on our knees or we maybe one on one with God and we, we just say that there are, there are things I need to pray through here I need to ask you for. Just take that opportunity to have that conversation with God and to take those you know throughout the day and the moments when you just come before God and you say, okay, here are the things that we need to we need to discuss. Here are the things that we're looking for answers to prayer from. Maybe you're not a Christian today. Maybe you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, to allow him into your heart. Then today could be a day that changes everything for you. And what I'm going to do in just a little second is I'm going to read out a prayer. And you'll find this prayer uh, on a website, which I'm going to put a link to on Facebook. And I just encourage you to pray this prayer and to ask God into your life so that you can say with other people that you don't need to be afraid because God has bought you back. God has redeemed you. God has set you free to be the person that he always intended for you to be. He's created you to be. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to read this prayer out um, because uh, you will be able to find this prayer online as well on this website that I'll put a link to. And this is what it says, and you might want to just bow your heads just now, close your eyes, and just repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I know I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin, and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my saviour, and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you have prayed that prayer, then what you've done is you have invited God into your life. You've just opened up the way for a relationship with God by taking that step of faith. But you need to tell us that you've done that so that we can mail some stuff out to you that will help you on this journey. Because making that decision and praying that prayer is the start of a journey. And so I, I just encourage you to click yes if you're on Facebook. Send us a private message through Facebook. Go over to our website at whitburnpentecostal.com. There's a contact page there where you can send us an email, get in touch with us. And we'll happily uh, be in touch with you and uh, chat with you and send you out some information. I just want to finish our time today by praying over you, the church, over our audience, which may be wider than our own church today, I don't know. I'm just glad that you've tuned in today. I just want to pray for you. So let's just bow our heads in prayer as we close. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your son who came to die for us. We thank you that he has indeed redeemed us. He has bought us back. He has bought us back by the price of his own blood and his own suffering. And Father, we thank you for the words of Isaiah, written at least 700 years before Jesus came onto this planet. We thank you that those words were fulfilled. The things which spoke of his suffering were fulfilled for us. And we thank you that we have a saviour who can identify with our fear, with our weakness, with our sorrows, with our sadness, with all of the things that happened to us. He can identify with that and he knows, he understands. And therefore, we, we have a priest 
who speaks in our behalf before God, who understands us, who understands our weakness. Father, we thank you that even when we don't know what to pray, that your Holy Spirit prays for us with sighs and groans that are too deep for words. Father, I just read that and I, I know that you understand the language of our heart. You understand the language of our tears. You understand the language of our emotions. And so, Father, we just pray that you would help us in our times of difficulty, help us in our times of need. And, Father, we just pray over the church. Lord, we pray that you would bless it, that you would pour in all of the things which we need as a church. Father, all of the things which we need to accomplish the mission which you have set us. And, Father, may we be people who are willing to follow you, willing to do whatever it takes to see the mission accomplished. Father, our methods might have changed, but the mission remains the same. Father, to reach people with this incredible good news, to win people for Christ, to see people growing in their faith as disciples, and to see communities being served through the church. Father, we just pray that you would do these things, that you would accomplish these things. Father, it's your church. And Father, your word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You're building your church. And Father, your church is progressing. So Lord, I just pray your blessing on every family today, on every man, woman, boy, girl, young person. Father, upon every person in our church and our wider community and a wider audience that may be watching this message today. Father, we pray blessing. We pray uh, healing. We pray hope. We pray wholeness. We just pray for your grace in every life. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. I hope you have a great week. I hope you uh, connect with us during the week. We're going to pray on Wednesday again. We're going to gather together to pray. And there'll be information coming out to the church via email about that. And we just want to, to kind of keep trying to engage with our kids and our young people as well. Uh, I don't know if you've saw any of the posts on the Treasure Kids Facebook. There's some things going up there for our kids uh, once a week. Um, and so the Rainbow Kids guys can uh, tap into that as well. Lord bless you, Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, to be gracious towards you, to give you peace and just to know that you know his presence this week. Amen.